All right. Um, my name is Sean Alcee. This is the premiere episode of my, you know, brand new podcast designated for greatness. Um, and I am so honored to be joined with Scoop um, Brandon Robinson. First and foremost, cool. How's everything going? So far, so good, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That that's big pressure. <laughs> contestant number one. So thank you for having me, brother. No problem. Um, before we um we, we get started, um, I want to start with all my guests this way, considering the episode, I mean the podcast is called Designated for Greatness. Um, and the greatness that you have um accomplished and achieved and have been, you know, sulked in. Um, what do you believe, Scoop, your ultimate designation on here planet earth is to do or to be uh to be a blessing uh to those who have been a blessing to me um and i think that you know in this day and age where you know it's all about self um part of it is but the, the majority of it is is using your voice using your your i know everybody uses the word platform but just using your energy uh, to uplift uh, those who come behind you um, but also, uh, you, you know, you're, you're building your, your purpose or your, if you find your purpose and you're blessed to find it, um, it's your responsibility to, to edify the world with creativity, uh, with culture, uh, and, and, and also, you know, processing the good news, the gospel. So whatever that is uh, for you, I know for me, I, I've known what it was for a long time and, you know, that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah, I love that. Um, reason um, I decided to name this podcast "Designated for Greatness" is um, I am a lifelong, you know, journalist at heart. Right? I grew up on, you know, Stuart Scott, you know, the, and the other guys who came after him. And I went to school for journalism, um, but I ended up in, in education. So I'm, I'm a full-time teacher while still practicing journalism full-time because that's always been my passion. Um, and in baseball, you know, they when people get designated for assignment, that's usually when a team no longer wants a player and they kind of like put them on the waiver wire. I guess the term for that. Um, and then they end up, you know, wherever they end up. And I feel like for me, I don't know exactly what I am designed to do. Um, it's still something that I'm trying to put together, figure out, but I feel like whatever it is, greatness will lie within it. So that's why I decided to name it that. So I appreciate you definitely giving me your explanation of what you feel like you are designed to be here on earth to do. Sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, to get started right away. Um, so you are a NBA insider slash reporter. Um, you have been going at this for a while. Scoop, I got to ask you, man, I've seen this picture of you. I think you actually posted it last week or something like that. You look like you've been doing journalism or a reporter since you were in junior high school. How old were you when you got started into the business? 12. Oh, wow. How did that, how did that go about? Um, I mean, I've always been around basketball. Um, I uh, do grassroots basketball in Harlem. Um, my, my uncle, uh, was commissioner of, of parks at Riverbank State Park. Uh, and so, uh, you know, citywide basketball league was played there in Harlem. And, um, you know, Stefan Marbury 
Ross Strickland, Bernard King, uh, Mark Jackson, uh, you name it, they've played in it. And, you know, I used to just watch my uncle uh, just be around basketball. So, you know, that that was connected to like the Sprite Junior Knicks League uh, back in the day. And, um, you know, that, that was that was kind of my foundation basketball wise between that and uh, my family uh, running two uh, successful shoe businesses on 125th Street in Harlem. And uh, one was a sneaker store, uh, the Athlete's Foot, uh, which was the only Black-owned Athlete's Foot in New York State. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we would do sneaker releases uh, with, where, you know, in between selling shoes, of course, Dominique Wilkins, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, Spud Webb, uh, all those guys would come in and do sneaker releases for various shoes. Brooks sneakers uh, was what they wore back in the day, and they would do those releases uh, at the Athlete's Foot. And, you know, basically... Um, that was kind of, not to sound blasphemous, that kind of baptized me into basketball, so to speak. And, um, you know, what, what ended up happening was um, my mom's friend, uh, Alicia, had had told her about, told my mother about a, a, um, a an audition that they were having uh, for kids to do commercials with the Crash Dummies. Uh, and so there was at Chelsea Pier, Manhattan. And um, the audition killed the first audition. Second audition was at Dangerfields Comedy Club. Uh, and, you know, basically, I think I was picked like one of eight kids who would be radio personalities for Oswald Radio, which is now defunct. They recorded out of uh, Liberty uh, Science Center in Jersey City. OK. And, um, you know, essentially, we did like a commercial. We take with the crash dummies and um then the Nets uh, were looking for new talent at the time. They had rebranded with the new logo. Uh, Keith Van Horn was their, their first round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, th- basically they were looking for a kid reporter to host a show called Nets Slam and Planet uh, with a woman named Lynn Wilson and Albert King, who played for the Nets for years and uh, was executive produced by Chris Carino, who's now the voice of the Nets. And uh Basically, I, my sister, I'll always remember, was one years old, was in a stroller. My mom and I went over to the Nets uh, practice facility, then in East Rutherford. And, you know, they took a liking to me, had a, ba- had a background in basketball. Uh, my stepfather, uh, the NBA game, had introduced me uh, to it by a gentleman with a bald head back in 1991 named Michael Jordan. And right. I watched the NBA on NBC, and I was hooked ever since. And uh, that's kind of my foundation uh, before I stepped foot on a college campus I had been around the NBA and, you know, have just always liked the game, liked the culture um, and everything that came with it. So that's extremely interesting that you confirmed that you were in junior high school. Because I'm like, nah, Scoop looks really young there. That does not look like a college student or even a high school student who is getting these quality internships. So with that said, what took you away from, you know, trying to be an athlete yourself to wanting to cover it? Because I know you were around the sport, um, but I could imagine most, right, most people who are around the sport are naturally trying to play it. What made you decide to step, you know, behind the microphone to be in that aspect of the sport? I have flat feet, one. Uh, (laughs) Two, um, I had friends who played, um, even in prep school. I have friends that are taller than me. I'm six foot five. I have friends that are 6'10", 6'11", 7 foot. You know, in high school, I was six foot three, and I felt short compared to some of my classmates that went on to play Division One basketball and, and more. And to be honest with you, I wasn't as good as some of those guys. And I realized my purpose early. I could play. You know, at times I'd practice with 
with my high school basketball team at Don Bosco, but it wasn't really my thing um, as as it related to talent wise, but I understood the game because I had been around it for so young. So Mm -hmm. figured like once you figure out your purpose and you're not trying to put a ton of wear and tear in your body, um, and you know, you just know what it is. You, you, you proceed with it. So for me, high school, college intramurals, um, but I, I was spending my time, you know, as the sports editor for the high school newspaper, had my own column was, you know, public address announcing DJ for the games, um, had a lot of fun with that in undergrad and grad school. So I, I played for fun, still do when I can, but, um, my calling wasn't asking questions. My calling was to <laughs> telling stories. And I think when you have that practice being around athletes and knowing how they talk, you speak their language and, and it's, it's not in it just a right off the bat inclusive uh, fraternity that you're in once you're around athletes. So when they trust you, mm-hmm. um, that I feel like that I had that practice early on as a kid right. um, and, and being around New York and New Jersey basketball and also um, just having that practice in high school. I went to two different high schools. So for me, by the time I got to high school, I, I kind of knew, you know, that, that's what I was going to do. Um, Amara Rashad had featured me when I was a kid on inside stuff. And, um, you know, I got a chance to sit down with him and learn his story. And he was somebody that I really related to. Wow. See, that's, to me, that's amazing because, um, most, 12, 13 year olds are still believing, you know, they can make it to the league. So to, to be able to grasp um, your truth and okay, I'm, I may be okay at this, but I feel like I can do something else, maybe even a higher level. Cause even with me, I didn't get into, um, I knew I wanted to be a journalist, but I, out of high school, I studied it, but I didn't take it on in high school. I wasn't working for my high school newspaper or writing for my high school newspaper. I never thought about that. I was still, you know, trying to be on the field and trying to be on the basketball court, on the diamond um, and stuff like that playing. So um, kudos to you. And I think that is a message that even now I relate to my students. Um, You don't have to think one way. You don't have to feel like you have to be the next LeBron James to be Mm -hmm. successful because the odds of that are, are actually very slim to none. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of pressure just um, in reporting and getting stuff done. You know, you got to I think time management uh, deadlines, um, you know, now my role at Bally Sports Network, I have something going on every day. You know, the Suns It's funny. The Suns and the Bucks are playing and, and um, at this point. And, you know, I, the crazy thing is I built a relationship with Michael Red last fall at my last stop at, at heavy.com mm-hmm. where they gave me a show called heavy live with scoop B and, you know, he hasn't done much press and uh, you know, he and I've been talking about different things we're going to be doing. And, you know, I met digitally during the pandemic, uh, Sean Marion and uh, mm. you know, we we've been talking and I've got some stuff moving there. So it's like relationship building is its own entity as far as just getting to know people. And, you know, also just with social media and people being able to access you, um, you get her. I understand the mind of the athlete a lot because you get harassed and trolled all day on social media. Yeah. You're trolling me a little bit on Instagram today. And you got to know how to, t- it's like being at the free throw line and knowing how to tune out noise and just, you know, all that good stuff. But um, it, it's it, with every profession, there's peaks and valleys and, and twists and turns. And you just, once you're practiced and know what you're doing, um, you know, the, the, the constant repetition just becomes easier. It's like, running drills it's like shooting drills it's like you know all of those different defensive slides all of that it all was part of you know where you want to be so you know LeBron James and I are the same age we were both being charted at 12 years old 
just in different professions. And that's I think wild. that, you know, at 12 years old, 12, 13, 14 years old, that's when, you know, he started playing AAU. And at 12, 13 years old, that's when I started doing radio uh, with the Nets. So it's, it's just a constant grind and just, you know, staying, sticking with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the relationship aspect of, you know, media and journalism, um, because I follow you really closely. I have for a few years now. And um, how do you, how do you um, find yourself navigating through when you're either um, reporting a rumor, right? A rumor to us, but information for you, or when a player from the relationships you've developed gives you some information that you got to either sit on or report it um, with the risk of that player being like, wow, really? Every case is different and it depends on who's walking that information to you. So, um, you know, you said you've been following me for a few years. Uh, Kyrie Irving uh, is a prime example of that. Uh, 2019, I guess you could say the end of June, early July was when he committed. I'm joining the Brooklyn Nets officially. Right. Uh, <laughs> I probably knew January, February. I think it's all about just timing, like putting hints out um, and then, you know, continuing to ride the wave of stories. So a lot of times it just depends on the relationship. You know, are you cool? Some like so I'll give you an example. There are some reporters or insiders who deal directly with front office. And then there are some who deal directly with the players. Right. Um, and then there's some who deal directly with the agents. Right. I feel like I can identify based on what you're telling me, certain teams and, and certain, um, like, I feel like Rose would be someone who w works with the front offices. Right. And I feel like Chris Haynes is a player's guy. And I feel like, um, Shams might be a little bit of both with the agents and the players. Cause he has really good relationships with agencies as well. So that's what I was doing. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Where do you put Scooby in that mix? I feel like you're I feel like you're a people person because I follow you again, I follow you. I see you interact with players and I've seen you just about at every basketball event and with different people. So I feel like um I feel like players will be more comfortable talking to you than they would certain people because you're not you've never plain um put somebody's um rumor out there and said, Well, this person told me, right? You you do it the journalistic way. Sources tell me this. Sources tell Badly Sports this, or at the time, heavy.com, and this of that nature. So I feel like it's a balance of both um, when it comes to school. But I do, there's one rumor you put out there that I was praying was right. The, the Kevin Durant one, which you got some backlash for with LeBron James to the Lakers. And I feel like there was something there because Stephen A. Smith reported the same thing, right? But he didn't get as much backlash. I don't know why that was, but um, I do. That is one rumor that you've put out that I was like, Please make it true because I'm a Laker fan. So obviously I want that. Well, I'll tell you what. So you're not going to strike it all the time. And I think it was how I phrased it. So what I'll tell you is I, I spoke to, I, I said in my tweet, I spoke to a source who confirmed. The word confirm is a very strong, right. infinite word. Um, and, you know, in 20, so if you go back to when I put that out, I'll never forget it. It was September 17th, 2018. Mm -hmm. My sister's birthday is September 17th. And mm. While I'm wishing her a happy birthday on Instagram, people in my comments talking <laughs> about Kevin Durant, it's like, I think it was in that moment that I realized that people were really paying attention. Right. But this is what I'll tell you. Um, one, um, at the time I wasn't at a network. Mm -hmm. So they're looking like, who is this? You know, with all of the success or early start that I had, 
I'm, I'm talking to a whole new digital audience that was not ready available in 97, 98 when I started. Two, um, the word confirmed was, 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 excuse my French, that's what fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll add that, um, but I'll add this, I, it was a learning experience, but I'll also add this, I think that I had such a running start in 2018. So we're in 2021. The LeBron James Space Jam movie is out this week. I remember that. Yeah, you did hit that. I was telling y'all not only that LeBron James was going to the Lakers, but that he was going to use the Space Jam 2 movie uh, to announce his decision, uh, which I will still tell you was supposed to happen. They changed right. the script. Yeah. Uh, with a fax type look. <laughs> which was a press release saying, you know, I'm going to the Los Angeles Lakers. And there's a lot of things that go in that I don't want to put other people out there. But as it relates to Kevin Durant, um, it was a conversation. Um, I will tell you that not only in 2018 did I share with you that uh, LeBron was going to the Lakers and that Space Jam was going to happen. I also told you in October of 2018 that Anthony Davis was going to join the Los yeah. Angeles Lakers. He did. Um, and that, that trade did commence uh, June 19th, 2019. So you're not going to get it right all the time. I'll also tell you that Kawhi Leonard was seriously considering uh, joining the Los Angeles Lakers. And the only reason why he did not, and he ultimately joined the Clippers, um, was because the, the Clippers and the Pel excuse me, the Clippers and the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, were able to commence that trade for Paul George. If Paul George did not join the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard would have joined the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe that um, because there's a reporter um, I will not say his name, but he works at Fox Sports. Him and I have a really good relationship as well. He told me it is 99.99999% done. This is, I'm on vacation at this point. I think I was in Antigua. And I'm like, bro, is this really happening? Because every sign was pointing to it was going to get done. And then he was like, I am 99.9% sure um, of what, of that Kawhi will sign with the Lakers, unless something unforeseen just Crazy happens. And of course, the unforeseen happens and he doesn't sign with the Lakers. But I, I wholeheartedly believe that because people that I trust really told me that. And I, I, I was really, really, really believing that he was going to get it through that. But, but here's the thing. One, I had a conversation with Kevin Durant about that at a party, the whole Lakers thing. And I'll leave that there. We talked about it. But, <laughs> but as it relates to, you know, the things that I did get right. I did come back and tell you that KD was going to join the Nets. Yeah. I knew that he and Kyrie were a package deal. Yeah. Two, I told you about Paul George's rotator cuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. There's, a myriad, there's a myriad of other things. I told you Dennis Smith, Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. was going to get traded to the New York Knicks. Yeah. Um, and I can go on and on in a day. And I think just as things began to open up for me professionally, um, there's an, a, there's a mental part of it. Like, you're becoming more recognized. You're, you're trying to secure the bag. You're trying to, you know, to my journey, you know, finishing grad school and, you know, finishing and doing what I need to do was not like most people. I had to create my platform, Scoopy Radio from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had to pay overhead. I wasn't full-time somewhere. I, I, there are a lot of other factors that go into it while still just growing as a, as a black man. So I won't make excuses for it because it all worked out in the end, but um you know, you, you, you learn from that and you pick and choose what you report, how you report and, you know, things and how they move. 
you know, so it, it was a learning experience for sure. But I'm glad to see it all work out, particularly as it relates to just my coverage of the Lakers. I told you J.R. Smith was going to have a workout with the Lakers. Yeah, it happened. And the yeah. Only why it didn't happen as soon as it was supposed to happen was because when I reported it on January 25th, Kobe Bryant died the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I'm glad you brought up um, Bally Sports. Um, I, I first and foremost, I want to come out and say this. I did not know what Bally Sports was. That it, that it was a thing until you announced that you were joining Bally Sports. But previously you were at Heavy. Um, I remember during um, part of my undergrad, um, your former editor-in-chief, Ben Duty, actually came to Southern um, and he was speaking about, to our journalism class, we were the senior class, and he was talking about you know, opportunities and how to put yourself out there as a reporter. Um, and then when I connected with you on Twitter, I saw that you were working at Heavy. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, small world. Um, but now you're at Bally. Um, how is your role now at Bally different from what it was at Heavy? Um, ben Duty's a nice guy. I will say that um, Heavy, I came to Heavy at a very interesting point um, in my career um, because I was at previously a basketball society. That was right after all the stuff that I was saying about Space Jam, LeBron, and more. Um, my role with Heavy was cool because it transitioned perfectly into that. Um, and I, there was really, I think I most people, when they come in, they go through a training process and they're really, really um, looking at their process of just getting things done. And my, my skill set was different because I dealt directly with the stars. Right. Most people at that site, no disrespect, um, they're aggregating what other people are saying. Yeah. So original content, there was definitely an adjustment because how do you, how do it's almost like you look at Latrell Sprewell when he joined the Knicks and when he came off the bench, he was such a dominant scorer. It's like, how do you implement a dominant scorer into that offense? Right. So, you know, heavy's very numbers driven. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they want, they encourage 1 million hits, you know, a month and, you know, I remember I started, I think it was October of 2018. And I think in that month, and t- like I'd started like with two weeks left in a month and I had 300,000 views. Mm. Like, wow. Like it's so for some people, they only get 300,000 views in a month or right. you know, they might start out hot and cold. So I think there was an adjustment of how do I Im- implement my digital presence into writing and get all of those things moving. So it, it was, it was definitely a different adjustment. And I'll tell you that, um, I'm thankful for Heavy because um, it, it opened doors for me mm-hmm. financially to help friends, family, and just to put myself in a better space. Right. Um, but I think where it really helped me was when the pandemic hit and, you know, Ben saw actually what I was doing on Instagram Live, where I do like interviews. I remember. Henry to Harry um, and a multitude of other people, Jim Jones, Master P. And he was like, well, how can we implement that into our system? And so we started heavy live with Scoopy. You know, we had everybody from Jay Williams, Stefan Marbury, um, uh, Marshall Falk, uh, Antoine Walker, and we, you know, Kendrick Perkins. And so, you know, you're able to get the view, Mark Cuban, you're able to get the views on their YouTube channel, but then also 
um, you know, you're able to implement the writing part portion of it because, you know, you want to get the views, but you also want to get picked up by major publications. So um, it, it was fusing all of those digital skill sets, the writing, the video, the audio into one component. Um, but ultimately, Bally at this point is a better fit um, just from a perspective of just um, the numbers game is, is a very rigorous process. And while most people are getting their numbers, I'm trying to balance numbers um, and relationships and stuff getting picked up as a reporter who gets that type of stuff. Right. Um, Valley is more of a, a, an organic fit in that regard, number one, because it's a major news network or major and regional news network that has a national division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that, um, you know, them being the new Fox sports net regional definitely is, it's definitely um, placates a level of success that I, that was intriguing to me specifically because 19 of the 30 teams that are in the NBA play on Valley sports network in the regional. So you look at the oh. NBA finals, both the Milwaukee bucks and the Phoenix Suns are both Valley sports um, teams. You look mm. at the, you look at, you know, the, the Western and the Eastern conference finals, uh, the Hawks and the Clippers play on Valley as well. So um, it, it definitely was appealing to me because of the tie to the NBA, um, the, the reach, the viewership. Um, but I, I'm thankful for Bally. Be, or excuse me, I'm thankful for Heavy uh, because Heavy was able to uh, keep me in constant practice in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it, it transitioned me perfectly from the pandemic of being on the, in the field and writing all the time to constantly being on camera and being doing it every day. And, be, and being comfortable. Um, and I think that that was a great transition because before the pandemic, um, you know, I was breaking stories about Kyrie Irving's shoulder, um, thoracic bursitis is what they were calling it, uh, per sources. And uh, <laughs> what, I, what I'll say is just stuff like that, stuff like Paul George rotator cuff, stuff like, you know, just various things that I was hearing, tra- going on the road. I was on the road a lot. So the kind of transition from that to being home and writing and doing on camera stuff and still doing it now at a new place, I'm definitely thankful um, and, and and glad that Heavy was a part of that journey. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I can't help but think about, you know, the recent things that's going on as you talk about your journey from, you know, Heavy from, you know, Basketball Society to Heavy now to Bally. Um, there's like this uproar now amongst journalists and those who consider themselves journalists with the recently there's a young lady who she's a TikTok star or, or something like that and i think her name is addison um mm-hmm. and she was supposed to cover the ufc event and she was like wow well look at me i had to study three whole months to get this job and now i'm at one of the biggest fights maybe in ufc history with mcgregor and, and um mm-hmm. dustin and people came up on her and she was essentially fired or whatever because of how she termed it. Um, do you have an issue with where journalism is headed, where you just need to kind of like be a blogger or a YouTube star to consider yourself a journalist? For someone who's, you know, practiced it from such a young age, does that kind of bother you or rub you the wrong way? Um, at times it did. And I think it more rubbed me the wrong way where you saw TikTok stars getting credential to go to All-Star Weekend mm. 
and then yeah. my credentials were being revoked. I'm not that at that point anymore. Yeah. And someone brought that to my attention. And so it, it's definitely a, a, a something that I've pondered. Uh, but I will say that um, everybody's route is different and I won't be one of those old heads that hate. <laughs> um, I've, I've always tried to cheer people on and, and hate and excuse me, cheer people on and not hate. Um, but I, I definitely think that um, it, it, it seems that you got to be famous in order to get in the door for certain places. And it's annoying. Um, but I, I, everybody's road is different. And, you know, the, I'm sure that when they saw me in the locker room as a young kid reporter and was able to talk to players, they probably thought I was annoying. So I try to put myself in, in, in that shoe and see it from multiple lenses there. Um, but the world is changing. Um, social media makes everybody more accepted. It makes people more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, I'll add, um, more easily criticized. So I'm not defending him, but I'll use this as an example. Um, recently, Stephen A. Smith was on camera saying some stuff that people characterize as xenophobic as it related to the Asian baseball player and just We're not speaking about. English. Um, I'll say this. Um, it was a very, very busy weekend. That weekend, uh, there was uh, the the NBA Finals. In between that, he was at a fight in Vegas. So he yeah. went from Vegas to Milwaukee to then first take on Monday. I know for me, there's been times where I've said stuff either in a tweet or on camera. And I'm like, damn, I wish I could take that back. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just think not defending him, but I can understand how with so much stuff going on, um, in one setting, sleep time zones or lack thereof could be an issue. One of the hardest working mans in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think that even with the, the analog folks, which he would be considered, can can who has made a lot of noise, but also written for over 20 years uh, as, at the Philadelphia Inquirer, the New York Daily News, uh, and then transitioned from Fox Sports to ESPN. Uh, for somebody like him who's put in a lot of work, I'm sure someone in his position could look at who's this TikTok star because he's old school. And I just don't want to be that guy to just, you know, hate on young kids. But I can see why that's frustrating to more pe- journalists that are more veteran than me as yeah. it relates to their access and what they're trying to do. And even, you know, people of color and, and publications where you, you don't get them in because their the strength of publication is not big enough. I, I have a problem with that. And I, and I think that there are some things internally that, that could, should change. Yeah, I mean, so much of what you're saying right now resonate with me as someone who founded their own publication a few years back, you know, after I got out of... Um, college and I worked for the school newspapers, right? I was doing, you know, assignments that I couldn't, I don't even enjoy the sport. Like I, my first assignment, I believe was a swim meet. Swim meets, if you've never been to one, are like six hours long, especially college. And I sat there in the gym for six hours until like midnight, um, making sure that I got enough um, work for my story the next morning. Um, and, you know, I talked to the players, talking to the coaches. Um, and, you know, from um, interning as well as at BSO after that, right? There was a point I was interning there. I, so I feel like I, I'm at the point where I was like, okay, let me find let me find my own publication where I can, you know, be able to distribute and tell stories through my lens and through the creatives that we bring along. Um, and it is frustrating sometimes when you're seeing, you know, someone like that be credentialed for an event that you might've applied for and were not credentialed to, to attend. Um, but again, I, I think with her, I, 
much power to her. She can use whatever to her advantage. I think how she worded it, it was kind of like a slap in the face to everybody mm -hmm. who's been grinding and has like 100,000 debt intuition to develop skills in this craft. And you're telling me all you had to do was, you know, go to some trade school for three months and they told you you can cover the UFC event because you have millions of followers, um, whatever that may be. Um, before I let you go, Scoop, I got a couple more things I want to ask you. Um, do you have the Suns? I think you have the Suns winning the finals, if I'm not mistaken. I do. Six games, if I'm not mistaken? Six. Okay. Do you feel confident that tomorrow night um, the Suns are not going to lose and the series will be tied at two? I think the series is going to be tied at two. I, I think this is going to be a series. I think um, Bobby Porter stepped up for uh, the Bucks uh, tremendously uh, in the last game. And um, Drew Holiday has found his uh, rhythm. Uh, 21 points, I believe, he scored in, in the last game. Uh, and, you know, also Brooke Lopez coming alive. He was gliding to the basket like a guard the other night. I uh, was impressed. Um, and, and I think, you know, their supporting cast. I think uh, Pat, you're going to need to see a Pat Connington uh, who was uh, effective in the game two loss uh, and scored 14 points. Uh, he was a little quiet in game three, but I, I think that it'll kind of balance itself out. And I've said this on every show. This is this series is where uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are really missing Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, yeah. Defensively. Um, and, and Brent Forbes is somebody that I really I haven't really heard from him since game one. Uh, I want to see him coming alive. But, you know, you you look at this Phoenix Suns team and just how they're playing. Uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, is playing great <laughs> basketball. He's been, you know, at times playing backseat to, uh, you know, Devin Booker's uh, scoring uh, prowess and Chris Paul, who's, you know, flirted with a triple-double the first two games. Um, but, you know, Devin Booker is definitely going to have to step up in, in game four, score 10 points in game three. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's going to be a series, man. I, I think, you know, these are two small markets and um, it's, it's good for basketball to see something different in, in addition or in comparison to, you know, the, the usual suspects. You know, many people thought it was, you know, a Lakers Nets or, or Lakers <laughs> Sixers or, or Clippers somewhere in there. But, you know, I, I spoke to someone, I spoke to a Laker the other day uh, who shared with me, you know, if all things were equal and folks were healthy, you know what time it is, you know it would have been a Brooklyn Lakers. I believe it. That's the way the, the cookie crumbles. And, you know, yeah. I do still have the Suns and Six, though. Okay. Well, that, that I do believe that the Lakers would have beaten the Suns had they not gotten hurt. I mean, we were up 2-1. I'm saying we like I'm a part of the team. The Lakers were up 2-1. On the Suns, and then AD's growing goes out, and then from there, I kind of knew the Suns had to run in them. And then Kawhi gets hurt, so it's just been a weird, odd playoffs that I have not, you know, necessarily been too fond of because I feel like the best team is not going to win because the best team, the second best team, the third best team, the fourth best team have all gotten hurt. But it is what it is, like you said, that's how the cookie crumbles. Um, anything you're hearing right now, Scoop, in regards to free agency that's coming up in just about a couple of weeks, anything that, um, people might not expect, but might be something out there. Because Mark Stein is talking the Lakers and Lonzo might be a thing. Um, well, it's not a foregone conclusion. The Lakers are looking for a playmaker. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, Mark Stein's report is, is right in line with, you know, things that I've heard specifically, um, you know, a playmaker uh, that will make things easier for LeBron to kind of move LeBron off the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and, and shift him to, you know, three and four and moving Davis to four and five. five right. um, so, you know, but but not just him. I mean, there's the Lakers and the um, Toronto Raptors could revisit Kyle Lowry as it relates to a sign and trade. Okay. Kyle Lowry is not um, Kyle Lowry is not obligated to give 
uh, the Toronto Raptors that option. Uh, but right. because he won a championship with them and because he spent as much time as he did, uh, I, I think it would be great if they could facilitate that. But the Miami Heat are, are definitely still sniffing for Kyle Lowry. Uh, as, and, and I'll add that, you know, when you look at Kawhi Leonard this offseason, um, if he does not resign with the Clippers, there are three teams uh, that could legitimately be in the hunting uh, to sign him. And those three teams include the New York Knicks, uh, who have the cap space, uh, who are also looking for Lonzo Ball themselves. That's one. So two would be the Denver Nuggets, who I think would be a great piece uh, to add alongside Nikola Jokic, the, the NBA's reigning MVP uh, as well. Um, and I think, you know, when you also look at another team that would benefit, the Miami Heat uh, would, would check that box uh, for Kawhi Leonard as well, particularly if they're able to nab uh, Kyle Lowry and add that to a piece that is already Bam Adebayo uh, and Jimmy Butler. So, yeah, I definitely think you should be looking out for that. And then the other piece, Kelly Oubre. Uh, my sources have shared with me that, you know, he, he could command anywhere from 20 to, to 30 million per uh, this coming season. And, you know, teams like the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks, uh, and the Los Angeles Lakers are, are teams that are in the in the hunt for a defensive three and D guy uh, in Kelly Oubre. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that this this free agency is going to be interesting. And uh, as always, a lot of twists, a lot of twists and turns. And I'll add, um, I think that the the draft this year's draft this this that that happens later this month will dictate a lot of moves. You're going to see the New Orleans Pelicans, for example, really uh, moving and grooving to kind of move move them, move some things around to, to make some things happen. You know, now that they've added uh, or pretty much are sealing the deal on Willie Green as their head coach. Um, and, um, you know, what they're going to do as far as pairing up uh, whomever with Zion Williamson. Uh, ben Simmons is also a hot ticket. I'll tell you that, you know, names like uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, as well as the Minnesota Timberwolves. I do have interest in, in Ben Simmons. And, you know, I, I'll tell you that, you know, the Sixers are looking for the best possible all-star uh, who will be good in exchange for Ben Simmons. So right. uh, Daryl Morey and Elton Brand are definitely in the kitchen cooking something up and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I can't wait, man. This free agency is going to be one of the more interesting ones um, because a lot of teams um, who got hurt, like the Lakers who had a chance, I, I want to see now, do they completely revamp and like get rid of Dennis Schroeder? Are they trading Kuzma? As I'm hearing, he's looking for a bigger role, right? Um, does Spencer Dinwiddie, I heard he wants to play in LA and he wouldn't mind late. Is, is that something that's there? The Clippers and the Bulls would definitely be prime options. I know that uh, the Bulls is uh, one selection. One would definitely be Lonzo Ball. One uh, A would be Spencer Dinwiddie or one B. Um, and then there was another name you said. You said Spencer Dinwiddie. Who else did you say? Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that's all I said. Okay. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie is definitely going to be a hot commodity. Yeah. All season. So, you know, particularly because at point guard, you have Kai. Um, you yeah. You have certain spots that are already filled. So it'll be interesting to see. But the but Brooklyn Nets can offer him a, a pretty decent deal. Right. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right, Scoop. Um, to cap us off, this is how um, I would like to end the show. You are a journalist. You've been a lifelong journalist, and you're darn good at it. Um, so from everybody who's been inspiring Scoop, or you've come across, or you've just gotten to know, um, I need your Mount Rushmore um, of journalists, your four journalists that you would say, if there's the four greatest of all time on the Mount Rushmore, this is who belongs on there. Who would you say they are? 
For me, um, number one, well, not in particular order, so it was four. Mm -hmm. uh, Barbara Walters has always inspired me. Um, um, Ed Bradley would be two. Mm -hmm. Three would be Angie Martinez. Hot 97, 105.1 Angie, that's right. And then the last would probably be... Um, I like Woj. I like, I like his information. So, you know, I, I don't hate on him. Um, and, uh, you know, just the way he's revolutionized the game. I've studied him. So, yeah, know, I know what it is. Um, so yeah, those were my four. Ed Bradley, Angie Martinez, Barbara Walters, Adrian Rosnarowski. Okay. Well, there you have it. Scoop. Thank you so much for, you know, sparing me your time, brother. I appreciate this a lot. Um, being, you know, the first guest on my podcast, considering this will only be an interview podcast when I have guests on. So I, I definitely think this was dope. Um, thank you for your time once again. Um, can't wait to, to see more of your work and, and what you've got rolling out. And I hope the Lakers could splash in on one of these guys that you mentioned and have a good free agency and bounce back next year. For sure, my man. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to be myself. I appreciate you, brother. Have a good one. All right, man. I'll talk to you. Yes, sir.